Hey, what's going on? Quinn David Furness, host, creator, best boy, you know the drill of Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast. Coming at you live Sunday, February 17th, 2019, Daytona 500 today, starting in about 90 minutes. I'm excited. We're going to be talking about it. We've got a lot to get to on the podcast. I tell you what. There have been, I you know, came into it throughout the week, planning stages, thinking we're going to do some pledge drive stuff, maybe talk about Daytona. There have been like four other things that have come up. So we're going to be doing our best here to keep this episode as truncated as possible, if you will. But uh, warning you, there's a lot of different stuff to get to. Um, we're doing improvised songs. Let's just start out right off the bat not hiding away from that so as part of our pledge drive telethon fundraiser donor pledge drive for 2019 year two of the beantown podcast you all know the drill by now we introduced donor tiers so ten dollars gets you a uh let's see it was an email let's see five dollars email ten dollars how did this go ten dollars um, a shout out on the podcast. We're also doing our shout outs today. $20 gets you an improvised song. $30 gets you a free autographed picture of Quinn David Furness, which for those of you who reached that $30 donor tier level, we're sending those autographed pictures. In fact, they've been sent. They're dropped in the mail. So it's in the hands of USPS now. $50 gets you a live interview on the podcast, topic of your choice. So we're going to have friend of the podcast, Matthew Fiedler, on pretty soon here to get uh, his interview done. He's also going to be coming on in a little bit, a couple more weeks here, and we're going to be doing our taxes live on the year, year, year two of that. Um, but long story short, you know, we had a lot of donors hit that $20 mark. And thank you to everyone. We're going to be digging into our thank yous um, just across the board here. But thank you to everyone, uh, before I say anything else, for donating to the 2019 Pledge Drive Fundraiser Telethon. Uh, smashing success. I feel like I'm British when I say that. But smashing success. We raised $300, and that blew our costs out of the water, blew our goal out of the water. We were looking for $235, so we eclipsed that by what? What is that, like 125%? So pretty exciting. We are, as you know, in full-blown mode. We got hosting for another year. We have a new website, beantownpodcast.com, and I'm really excited about that because, one, you're getting all the new podcasts there each week. It's the quickest way to find it, which is really exciting, but also the Beantown blog. Um, and this is something I've talked about a little bit. And here's the thing. The Beantown blog wasn't even really an idea that I was thinking about or that excited about back in you know December uh, when we were starting to get into the idea of creating a website. It just kind of popped up organically. And friend of the podcast, Matthew Fiedler, has been saying for a while that he would like some sort of midweek check-in rant of some kind. Um so th- this is kind of meeting you halfway, right? Like that Black Eyed Peas song. It was the fourth single from uh, whatever that album was, Boom Boom Pow. There was uh, Boom Boom Pow. Got to get that. Boom Boom Pow. Remember that song? 2008, everyone, right? Um, there was I Got a Feeling. 
And there was that I'm a bee song. I'm a bee. I'm a bee. Good life. Good, good. And then there was that Meet Me Halfway song, which was like, what are even the Black Eyed Peas? What genre are we calling that? IDK. Um, however, moving forward here, where were we? Meet you halfway. Oh, the Beantown blog. Something I'm really proud of. We have two blog posts already. It's it's kind of a short little check-in, but I like it because with a podcast, it's as, as much as I love doing it, it's like, okay, every weekend we got to make sure we come up with something, got to have something that's ready to go for the fans to consume. The Beantown blog is really fun to just kind of sit back and, you know, I'll be doing my work or on a run or uh, on the bus home and all of a sudden something comes up just fresh. Uh, and all of a sudden I say, well, I got a blog about this and it's not a 30 minute hour long, listen to the podcast type of commitment. It's a five minute read. Listen, when I get tired and when I run out of things to say, I stop on like these podcasts. It's, Cause sometimes we'll just go on and on because I got a lot of things, uh, extraneous or not that I got to get to, but the blog is, it's cut and dry. There's no fat, uh, it's like me in high school. So Check it out, Beantown Blog. You can find it at beantownpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the blog, so you're going to get an update every time we post something. Uh, it'll probably be you know around once a week. We posted two this last week to sort of get it off the ground, but that was also because I had two different things I wanted to say. So check that out. Uh, let's go ahead here. So <clears throat> here's the deal. We're going to get into some improvised songs. What I'm not going to do is sit here and play five straight improvised songs one because um, this is already a creative uh, just really difficult task herculean if you will one improvised song is difficult two we're thinking okay getting a little risky we're doing five on the podcast today and we're also going to be doing our shout outs to the other friends of the podcast who donated we're going to be talking about daytona 500 um We've got a lot of different things to cover. So house housekeeping things. Um, first and foremost, listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown podcast or the People's Podcast, as I like to call it, one of Baltimore City's top 500 podcasts and your number one source for misinformation probably. Listener discretion is advised, one, because we'll occasionally use some NSFW language live on air. And we are coming to you live, which is very exciting for 817 St. Paul Street. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. And honestly, I'm feeling pretty good right now, but give me another half hour. We'll have gone through some songs. We'll be talking about Daytona. I'm not sure where this is going to go. So we're just having a fun time, and hopefully none of my neighbors complain. So first things first here, before we jump into our first song, do you ever have... A situation where it just feels like everything's going wrong, uh, a Job-esque type of deal. So I tell you what. So I get an email from the apartment building on uh, Wednesday, and sometimes when I say days of the week, like Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, I had a math teacher in high school, Mr. Davis, who would always um, end the days with D instead of day. So Tuesday, uh, these quadratic formulas will be due Friday. Um, so sometimes I say that 
to reminisce, a nostalgic pronunciation, if you will. So get an email Wednesday and it says, due to unforeseen circumstances, BGE or Baltimore Gas and Electric, not the BGs, BGE, will be shutting off your gas for like a day, something like that. I'm like, all right, whatever. I got my meals cooked. We're good to go. Don't need my gas. A day passes. Get home Thursday night. Still no gas. I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe it's taking a little bit longer. That's fine. Friday comes. Saturday comes. We're sitting here. It's Sunday now. And, you know, I'm upset. Whatever. That's fine. But here's the kicker. My uh, One of my coworkers lives upstairs sixth floor i'm on the third and he has gas so i'm thinking what's the deal i can't cook i can't meal prep you know wednesday through saturday was fine i can get by now it's sunday i don't like doing the the d ending on sunday the other days it works fine monday tuesday wednesday etc etc but sunday it's kind of like sunday which makes me think of ice cream but plowing ahead here still have no gas so i can't meal prep so that's you know it's a it's a bummer. It's not the end of the world, but it, it is throwing me off my routine, right? I can't make my chicken cabbage stir fry, so we're having sandwiches this week. And I couldn't even, you know, I can't like, you can't cook anything on the stove, nothing in the oven. So I'm down to a toaster and a crock pot and a microwave. So that's what we're dealing with here. So that's one thing. Number two, I am preparing for the podcast 30, 60 minutes ago. And going to the bathroom, whatever, getting freshened up, flush the toilet and, you know, jiggle the handle a couple times. Nothing's happening. I open up the, the top of the bowl. There's no water in there. So I fill up my bucket with water from the, uh, the, the tub, pour it in there so you do the manual flush, a classic move. But there's no, the water doesn't fill up. So there's something going on with the water valve. So now every time I want to flush my toilet, we're doing, uh, we got to fill up a, a bucket I got now in my bathroom from the bathtub and pour it in manually. So the gas isn't working. My toilet's not really working. And I step out of the bathroom and all of a sudden I look down at my shirt and I got red stuff everywhere like it's fucking d-day out here i got a bloody nose and so that's three strikes and i just feeling a little persecuted it honestly it feels like like a horror movie or something like the machinist or like spider-man 2 where you live in a really like dingy apartment where like nothing works and you turn on the faucet and no water comes out it's not quite there yet, but, like, I can't use my oven or my stove. The toilet's not working. I'm getting bloody noses. I, I Halfway to a screenplay here, if anything exciting ever happened to me, I'd be perfect. Um, so I, we're just, like, two steps away from this apartment becoming completely useless. Wait if the water gets shut off and then if the lights go off. So that's we're kind of holding out to those last two things. So I, I can still stay hydrated and I can still see what's going on, which is good. But it's just frustrating, you know? So at least I can take showers. But I, I have to manual flush. Man, who manually flushes anymore? So let's go ahead here because we have five different songs to improvise. And when I say improvise, I'm not 
BSing around here. I did my research this morning to physically see um, who all earned the improvised song through their uh, donations. That's as far as I got from a planning perspective. So when I say improvised, I mean improvised. I have played the guitar like twice this week. John Fratelli dropped a new album, which is very exciting. So you go check that out. Um, But I've been listening to some of his stuff and strumming along as they do. So we're going to sort of uh, see how this goes. We're going to get started with a dear friend of the podcast, Auntie Anna. Who, if you don't know Auntie Anna, she has been on the podcast, came on our Thanksgiving special. It was a split episode, uh, half from Wilmington or Hocastin, Delaware, and half from Baltimore with a friend of the podcast and brother of the podcast host, Jack Furness. So Auntie Anna, Auntie Anna had this auntie-auntie uh, debate with a friend the other night. We're going to uh, get you a song here. And... Most of these songs are probably going to be in G because that's one of the easier ones to play in. Fewer bar chords, the better. Normally, bar chords are okay, but on this $40 acoustic guitar from Amazon, they're a little tricky because the action is it's about two inches between the string and the frets. So, Auntie, here we go. Here's an improvised song for you. Auntie Anna. She went to Guyana in South America. Lots of jungle there. Uh. There's like 50,000 people in the whole country. And you're probably the best looking of them all. Antiana, not Auntie Anne's. The Pretzel Company. I've never been there, but sometimes I think about it when in the airport. Has anyone ever seen an Auntie Anne's? Not in the airport. What is it like? $8 for a pretzel. Sweet and savory. Just like my Auntie Anna. Sweet and savory. Bite into them real good. And the flavor will overwhelm ya. Oh, Auntie Anna, she went to Guyana and maybe had some pretzels in South America. All right. So, <clears throat> long story short, on the podcast back in uh, Thanksgiving time, Antiana discussed that she was going to uh, Guyana, Guyana. I don't know. It depends on what language you're speaking, how the pronunciation goes. So hope you're happy with that improvised song. You know what? I got I got some energy. I feel pretty good. I know I said I wasn't going to go back to back to back to back to back, but maybe we can go back to back. So next up on our songs list and then we're going to do some shout outs and then we got a lot of other things to talk about as promised again it's going to be like an hour-long podcast 10 of it is going to be dedicated to me saying we have a lot of stuff to talk about so a lot uh very efficient next we have dear friend of the podcast walter furnace who has come on a couple times been on the roast of Quinn David Furness. He's been on our episode live from Anchorage. He joined us when we came to you live from New York, the Big Apple, and I sent an email 
to Walt, thanking him for donating to the pledge drive, and he said, I'll take my chances. And I think he said, I might regret this, but uh, I would like an improvised song. So let me... <laughs> Let me get my voice back here. I was watching Buster Scruggs the other night. I love Tim Blake Nelson singing in that. You don't see Tim Blake Nelson a lot these days. You know, he was in Old Brother Where Art Thou, and then he was in Holes. He played the camp counselor with the uh, the sunblock on his nose. But, uh, Walt, here's your song, and uh, I hope you enjoy it, Okay. Take one. This is all live air, people. I hope you're happy. All right. Maybe we'll do a different key. Walt, don't eat too much salt. It's not good for your blood pressure blood pressure sometimes that's as far as my mind goes too bad nothing rhymes with Walt or salt don't fall on asphalt oh he ran a 5k this morning probably did it in like 14 minutes cause Walt's very quick oh he's quick Jump in Jack Flash But that's my other brother Jack And he didn't request a song He wanted a personalized email shout out So Walt Oh Walt Don't slip on the asphalt Don't slip on the asphalt And when you're having mashed potatoes Don't need too much salt but pour on the pepper. Oh, pepper pots. Gwyneth Paltrow's unforgettable. But then she divorced Chris Martin. And who got custody of Apple and Moses? I don't even know. But Walt, he might know. Because he loves Coldplay. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Walt, salt, asphalt, Gwyneth Paltrow. Chris Martin. <clears throat> You're welcome. I love you too. So let's do some shout outs here live on the podcast. We've got some improvised songs, if you're wondering, still coming up, dedicated to Grandma Sal. And we've got another Grandma Sal thing to talk about. Add that to the list because I didn't even remember to talk about that until I remembered it. Uh, we've got a. Uh, Dear friend of the podcast, so this is interesting. First cousin once removed, Kyle Rue, getting an improvised song. Hasn't really interacted with the podcast in the past, but we play fantasy football with uh, our our first cousin once removed, Kyle. And uh, I think... I think there's some real potential there for an improvised song. And then Ryan Austin Ligon, co-host of the Car Ride Convos podcast and creator of Reek Entertainment on YouTube, go subscribe. We'll also begin an improvised song. But let's do some shout-outs here. Let's take care of our friends of the podcast. So 
I want to thank everybody again. Really exciting. Uh, the different donor tiers were great. Some people have autographed pictures come in. Some people are getting their private interviews. So all really exciting. Uh, we've already given our song to Walt, so thank you for that. Thank you to dear friend of the podcast, Matthew Fiedler. He'll be coming on shortly to do taxes. Uh, shout out to uh, Ryan Sanger. Very exciting up there, Lodi, Wisconsin. Went to college. Former roommate of mine, Ryan Sanger. Piano extraordinary. Thank you to him and the boys down there on Ridge Avenue. We sent them an autographed picture uh, this morning. Very exciting. Thank you guys for supporting the podcast. I'll see you in a month. Uh, Jack Furness, brother of the podcast, thank you very much for giving, hoping you're having a fun time out there in New York. I feel like Garrison Keeler right now. That That's where I'm going with this. I don't know. Maybe my voice is more soothing. Maybe I'm not as attractive. But, you know, when he would go through and say, Happy birthday to uh, uh, Sue uh, Showstrom out there in Blue Earth. And it's uh, 90 years. Uh, Happy birthday to Sue. Happy anniversary. Okay, so what did we learn from the last 30 seconds? I think there's potential for a Garrison Keillor impression. Am I right? I, okay. I'm not sitting here and saying that was good. It was terrible. But I think in terms of like mannerisms and speech patterns, with some work on the voice, I think I could get there. Let me save this for later. i got to write this down. Uh, Grandma Sal and Grandpa Dave, you guys are getting an improvised song in a matter of minutes here. So I know you guys tune in religiously. Um, as you used to, the Prairie Home Companion, and now it's gone. Uh, home Pride Oregon owner Steve Furness, we got your ad. We're going to be reading that in a couple minutes here. Thank you to donating to the podcast. Our holiday season correspondent, Meg Lundgren. There is a, uh, a Midwestern Lutheran name for you. Thank you for donating to the podcast. Uh, <clears throat> girlfriend of who we just sang about. Kelly, uh, thank you so much for donating. Congratulations on your 5K time. Beat the time she set out for herself, so very exciting, and then she got drunk afterwards. Uh, Friend of the podcast and sister of the podcast and potential animal expert, Abby Furness, thank you for donating to the podcast. She's reading The Shining right now, so nobody spoil it for her. It's it's getting good. Red rum. Still doesn't know what that means. Uh, Resubscribe well, original subscriber, then desubscribed, then resubscribed. Jane Furness, Jane Dennison Furness, thank you for subscribing and resubscribing to the podcast. Donated $14, and she said that's all she had in her bank account. I like to think 14, Valentine's Day, February 14th. That's, you know, when your mom doesn't say she loves you, that's really her way of saying she loves you with cash. So we appreciate that. Ryan Ligon. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to be getting you a song in a little bit here, though. But go check out uh, Reek Entertainment on YouTube. And I'm going to speak for everyone here. I know podcasts don't get views or listens like the fun clips do. But we would all love more Car Ride Convos podcasts. Just get in, hop in the car with Kristen. I don't care if you're in Iceland or Boston or NOLA or New York. Just... Hit record and see what happens, you know? We don't need the crazy editing. Not that that's a bad thing. I just know you spend a lot of time on it. But we would all love more of that stuff. Uh, Another Ridge Boy, Stephen Boy, literally. Thank you so much for donating to the podcast. I hope you're well. 
I hope you're having fun with your uh, new nephew, Gabriel. Check him out on Instagram. He's adorable. Uh, Steven, we'll see you in a month here. And then Kyle Rue, thank you so much for donating to the podcast. And Tariq Shahada, who is the creator of the Local Glow podcast. You'll want to check that out. Google it. Uh, find them on Facebook. They've got their own website now, I believe, or they always have. Uh, give them a listen. If the Beantown podcast is on one end of the production spectrum, the Local Glow podcast is on the other end. Seriously, these guys need to get picked up by NPR or something. But very exciting. So here's what I want to do. We're going to do another improvised song. You're going to get some water first. And that 25 minutes. Mercy. Uh, doing everything we can here because there are literally like six other things that I want to talk about. But, so you all know her from her podcast debut uh, back in April of last year. She came on to talk about stamping and handmade cards. Uh, That was Grandma Sale. And then we had Grandpa Dave, who came on the roast of Quinn David Furness live from the Pacific Northwest back in uh, August, early August. Very exciting to do that as well. Here's a little Grandma Sal anecdote for you. So she sends me these beautiful, elaborate cards. They're amazing. Every time she sends it, I'm amazed. Beautiful design, amazing craftsmanship, elegant, classy. Sometimes there's $5 in it. So, you know, the whole package. Grandma Sal sent out Valentine's Day cards this week or last. I just got mine yesterday. Grandma Sal just took homemade cards to a whole never whole nother level i'm telling you i am not easily befuddled it's not the perfect connotation i'm not easily uh astounded if you will this card that grandma sell sent out for valentine's day one of the most spectacular, one of the most amazing things I have ever, ever seen in my lifetime. We're going to be posting a picture of that on social media because I know you can't see it right now. It's uh, just wonderment in one piece of paper. That's the best I can, I can say about it. Tell I'm being very eloquent today. We're going to post a picture. This thing was spectacular. It was real, and it was spectacular. So thank you to Grandma Sal. Let's get you a song here. Let me get a drink first. And let's, excuse me, let's saddle the back up here, back in the saddle, Aerosmith Classic. Okay, voice warm-ups. Oh, Grandma Sal, oh, Grandpa Dave, took us to a play back in Texas, and the main guy went to Baylor, and he got a degree in something like theater, and now he's a local high school theater teacher at a Christian school at a Christian school and the play was based on a pageant but it was like a Christmas carol because the main guy was trying to steal money from the pageant 
And then he got visited by a bunch of ghosts. And he said, I rebuke you. But then like three more ghosts came. And eventually he repented. And everyone was happy. So thank you, Grandma Sal and Grandpa Dave. Oh, for the lovely Christmas play. Oh, so thank you, Grandma Sal and Grandpa Dave. If you ever find yourself getting a salami for Christmas, just know that's a really high honor. So, that's three out of five. That ain't bad. We are making progress. I think it would be a good time to hear from some of our uh, our sponsors here, our advertisers. So, let's pull up the ads here. Keep them on a Google Docs, the cloud. That way the government can read it as well. That's good... Uh, it's good exposure for Home Pride Oregon. Uh, announcement here moving forward. So the Oscars are one week away. And there's not going to be a host. And I don't want to take that as like a personal critique against me or like a direct attack. But I will say that I tweeted to the Academy on multiple occasions. And I said, look, I'm available Work is busy, but I think I can get out to L.A. for a couple of days. Got a monologue. It's going to be really good. If it helps, if we throw Justin Bartha in as like a co-host, kind of a Brian Dunkelman to my Ryan Seacrest, I will talk to his people. I'm sure Justin would be happy to do it. Not only did we get no response from the Academy – Justin Bartha's people didn't reach out to me either. And it's like at what point when you're on the, the road to becoming famous, at what point, you know, did the, the dominoes start to fall a little bit? You start to get in contact with the C-list celebrities like Justin Bartha. I mean, when is Ving Rames going to call me back so we can do a buddy cop movie uh, or at least come on the podcast? So. A little disappointed in the Academy for a number of different reasons. We've talked about snubs already, but I'm doing my own Oscars monologue. And it's going to be good. It's going to be fresh. Uh, I'm not afraid to get political with it either. You know, I'm going to be making headlines the morning after. So look out for that this week. Uh, details are still being finalized, but we will come to you live. Uh, it'll be live when you watch it, not when I record it, but... I think it's going to be a good time. I got some zingers. It's Bradley Cooper, you better watch your back. Uh, let's listen to uh, let's listen from our sponsors here. Home Pride Oregon. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth, all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, there's good news. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon, is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, so you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate stranglehold on the home inspection market, 
Mercy. And you want a safe, certified home inspector you can trust, call Steve at 541-207-1101 or visit HomePrideOregon.com. That's 541-207-1101 or visit HomePrideOregon.com. Home Pride Oregon. Inspection perfection. I want to give a shout out to the Samsung Q2U series for its crisp, clean audio quality. Samsung has been sticking with us since day one, since we launched. So if you're listening to the Beantown podcast and you're saying, wow, that sounds nice, you have Samsung to thank. Don't forget, when God speaks, he uses a Samsung. I also want to give out a shout-out to the TV Guide. As we mentioned last week, we finally got our first episode. Uh, we were using our Spirit Delta Miles to get a free subscription for a year. And no, I do not have a television, nor do I have cable, uh, but I do know what's on. If I had a television, I would know what's on. Um, so sometimes I'll be sitting there, you know, 9.45 or getting to that 10 o'clock hour when some of the more zesty or spicy shows come on. And I sit there with my Blue Bloods uh, cover, uh, Tom Selleck, Unforgettable. And I'm flipping through the pages. Okay, Wednesday, it's Thursday. Tonight is Friday. What's going on? What's happening at 10 p.m.? I see, oh, there's a new episode of JAG on. I would love to be watching that. And then, you know, I'm kind of content because I say, you know, I don't get to see the new episode with Jack, but I know it's out there, and sometimes that's enough for me. So, all I want, <clears throat> though, is one cover with John Goodman when the the Connors makes its return to TV with no Roseanne Barr this time, and it just says he's back. So, uh, if you are interested in sponsoring the Beantown Podcast, Jack Links, I'm looking at you. You can always email beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. That's beantown, B-E-A-N-Podcast at yahoo.com. Sounded like a Star Wars character there for a second. Like the most likely cantina. Uh, We are on Twitter at beantowncast. Facebook, check us out. Give us a like, subscribe, share. Whatever you do behind closed doors. Uh, Also, if anyone has any connections to share, would love to get her on. Also with Meatloaf, because... I'm going to say this. Dead Ringer for Love by Meatloaf and Cher. Critically underrated song. Uh, it's a banger. I go to trivia once a week, and it's on the playlist. And I just feel like most people in 2019 don't know this beautiful song. Uh, go check it out. It's Meatloaf and it's Cher. It's like the 80s in one song epitomized. It's also a, a rocker. You have a lot of fun listening to it. So here's what we're going to do now. We're going to improvise another song. And then uh, we're going to talk about Daytona. And then I reckon we'll improvise our last song. And then I have one last thing. uh, Some crazy animals. Animals is what I said that have been popping up in the news, a.k.a. my head lately, that are just like, what? Like that's act that's an actual animal that exists. So I just want to walk through those briefly. But uh let's get resituated here. 
get some more water, do some more vocal exercises. And I, I, I tell you what, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but we're three songs in, and I'm pretty happy. Like, I think I've been doing a pretty damn good job. So, improvise song number four. This is going out to a new friend of the podcast, Kyle Rue. Again, he's my first cousin, once removed. And I think this is something that needs to be explained. A lot of people get confused. First cousin, once removed, or second cousin. What's the difference? Are they actually the same thing? No, they're not. Here is how it goes. Second cousins, so we'll we'll start from the beginning. Make it very simple. If you're first cousins with somebody or just regular cousins or husband and wife in Alabama, that means you share one set of grandparents, right? Because then you take it another step away from second cousins and then you're at siblings where you share two sets of grandparents. And I don't think there you can't go any further than that unless you're yourself. Um, so siblings, two sets of grandparents. Cousins, you share one set of grandparents. Second cousins means you share one set of great grandparents. So my second cousin, for instance, would be the daughter of Kyle Rue, my first cousin once removed, because Kyle Rue is my mom's first cousin. They share one set of grandparents, but I don't share one set of grandparents with Kyle's kid, Ella Rue. If you're listening to the podcast, welcome. I share one set of great-grandparents because Kyle's mom is my mom's mom's sister. So their parents were the same. So now first cousin once removed, once you understand how second cousins work, first cousin or anything removed is pretty easy. Removed just means that if you're looking at a family tree and you're thinking about horizontal lines refer to like my mom and my mom's cousin or me or my cousin. If it's a, like one generation off, then that means it's been removed to some extent. So there's no like plus or minus, it's just once removed or twice removed, etc. So my mom's cousin would be my first cousin once removed, not my second cousin. My first cousin refers to the connection between the removal, if you will. So Kyle's daughter and myself, there's nothing removed there because we're part of the same generation, but we are second cousins. So there's a little tidbit for you. So this song is going out <clears throat> to my first cousin, once removed, Kyle Rue. More like Kyle Rue moved. <laughs> All right. Now listen here for the ballad of Kyle Rue. He was a great fantasy football coach once. Oh, he won our first year in the league, and then he disappeared, the ballad of Kyle Rue. Oh, Kyle said to the league at the start of year two, good luck taking on the champ. Oh, Kyle Rue, 
He won one game that year. And the most embarrassing part, missed that chord. It was against the commissioner, Uncle Andy, who works for Jack Lakes. Oh, Kyle Rue. I think he won another championship at some point, maybe in year three. Oh, don't you miss LT, Ladanian Tomlinson. Life was a lot easier back in 2002. Kyle Rue, the ballad of Kyle Rue, the ballad of Kyle Rue. Oh, you know him from Wisconsin. And I don't think he's had a winning record since shit 2002 Kyle Rue Kyle Rue Kyle Rue so I think what we're learning is that the quality of songs is going down pretty drastically so I apologize to Ryan Ligon because you're the last one, short end of the stick. On a stick that was short to begin with, frankly. So it is February 17th, 2019, and it is the Daytona 500. Green flags in about 45 minutes here, and I want to tell a story. And I've got to stand up a bit about this. It's longer with some more embellishments. But I want to give everybody uh, just some context as to why the Daytona 500 is so important to me. So, junior year of high school. Flashback, 2012. I'm 16 years old. And I have recently taken up a love of NASCAR. My friends, the Huftelins, down in Rochelle, Illinois, big fans, very big fans, uh, <clears throat> kind of got me into it back in probably like 2008, 2009, around that time. And, you know, when it comes to NASCAR, you want to have a guy to root for or else it's not as exciting. So I said, you know what, I'm a simple guy. I like alliteration. I'll take Jimmy Johnson. Seems like a nice, upstanding young man. He's got a good beard. He, he didn't at the time, but now he does. Family man. He's from California. You don't see a lot of NASCAR racers from California. Usually it's like Tennessee or South Carolina. So I say, you know, this guy, kind of a dark horse. You know, he's only won like four championships. So uh, I'll take the underdog. So I start rooting for Jimmy. Yada, yada, yada. Seven-time championship now. Seven-time seven time champion. Starting to slur words to sound like Trump. So the 2012 Daytona 500. It's supposed to be just like it is today, like 2 o'clock, 2.30 on a Sunday afternoon. So I drive down to Rochelle, Farmtown, USA, which is about half an hour, 40 minutes from where I grew up. Really excited to watch it with my racing buddies. Because I didn't have a lot of racing buddies growing up. Um, so we get there. 
I get to my friend's house. We're eating pizza, some beer knots, etc. And it's raining in Daytona Beach, which, frankly, not that surprising because it's Florida. It's a swamp down there. So we're playing games. We're waiting it out, seeing what happens. And probably around like 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock, they call it. They say we're pushing it to tomorrow. The forecast doesn't look any better. So I'm bummed because I don't get to watch it with my friends. But also because that means it's going to be on a Monday afternoon. And even when I was 16, I had stuff to do. So drive back home, wake up the next morning, convince my mom to call school and say, Quinn can't come to school today because he's sick. Sick for NASCAR. So I'm watching it. I'm in the family room in our basement. I'm all established, tiger blanket and everything. And it's still raining in Daytona Beach. I say, God, why would you punish me like this? So they push it back to a 7 p.m. start time, which for normal high schoolers would be fine. But this is the end of the season. So we had our swim banquet that night. Oh, Jesus. So I can't skip that, right? Free food. How You can't pass that up. Merriment, company, community, etc. So I go to the swim banquet, and this is before, you know, smartphones, having internet wherever you go type of thing. So I'm just sitting there nervously wondering what's happening to my boy, Jimmy. And um, don't know what's going on, concerned, very nervous, very anxious. You get home probably around 10 p.m. or so, I reckon. And they're under red flag. No, they're under caution, yellow flag. This is how that goes. And so I'm not getting to see live racing because it's caution. They're yellow. The laps are still counting, but it's not exciting, right? At Daytona, you can go like 212 miles per hour. They're going like 50 on a good day. So as I'm watching, and this incident now famous in Daytona 500 history, I got to see it live. I'm watching the Fox pod, not the podcast, Fox broadcast with Mike Joy and uh, <clears throat> Waltrip, and I don't remember who else they had, Larry, uh, Larry Reynolds, you know, the all-star team, my favorite still, better than Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, and I see Juan Pablo Montoya coming around the track in his number 42 Target car, iconic look, and all of a sudden... Something happens to his car, axle brake, something like that, and he rams into the jet fuel truck that was trying to dry off the track. I think there was debris or something, which is why the yellow was called. But this fireball bursts into flames both Montoya's car and the jet fuel truck, and this thing's got like 100 gallons of fuel, and it starts pouring down the racetrack towards Montoya. So, you know, he's got to get out of his car, get the F out of there. But all of a sudden, they got this huge streak of jet fuel in flames on the racetrack at Daytona. And so, you know, this is a big cleanup process. The whole red flag lasts like 90 minutes. Well, I'm sitting there on a school night at home under the Tiger blanket, extremely cozy. At like 11 p.m., as they're cleaning up the racetrack, 
trying desperately to stay awake because there were like 35, 40 laps left, which doesn't sound like a lot, but a lap at Daytona is two and a half miles. So that's a long time still, like an hour worth of racing at least. Um, And I couldn't do it. I fell asleep right as the red flag was ending. And Kenseth went on to win. Moral of the story, I spent two days trying to watch the Daytona 500 my junior year of high school. I was 16. And I didn't see a single lap. All I saw was Juan Pablo Montoya and his number 42 target car crash into the drying truck. So this is why the Daytona 500 is of special importance to me. I invited people over. Um, no one is coming. So we'll be watching it by myself, but we'll be doing live updates on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, LinkedIn, etc. Uh, we got William Byron, young new racer. Might start pulling for him once Jimmy retires. Uh, but he's on the pole. And you got Jimmy Johnson, my man, starting uh, 17th. In fact, Hendrick Motorsports going 1-2, 17, 18. So there'll be two rows. Uh, Byron, Chase Elliott, and uh, Jimmy. And then <coughs> who else? I don't remember who the fourth driver is. But that's kind of exciting. Back in my day, Hendrick was uh, it was a power team. It was Gordon and junior and jimmy and then when i started watching it was mark martin and then he retired and they had casey kane take over um you know casey kane's like 37 now he's not on hendrick anymore but uh looking forward to daytona 500 uh check it out if you get the chance is america's race 500 miles what is that 207 laps or something like that so very exciting should be a good time if you're asking me who i'm picking i'm saying uh realistically i think we'll see someone like keselowski come from the back of the field to win or maybe um who knows ricky stenhouse jr but i i think jimmy can do it he's at 25 to 1 right now i'm not betting anything i don't have any money on it but i could see i could see jimmy making a push he had such a bad year last year last year was the first year i think ever in his full-time racing career that jimmy's never won a race he still made it to the second round of the playoffs which is just shows you how good he is but um jimmy and chad canales broke up and jimmy and lowe's broke up as well so this is very clearly the beginning of the end in fact last year was just from a performance aspect but um it would be so cool if Jimmy came out with a vengeance and won the Daytona 500 on what might be his last Daytona 500. I don't think that's the case because I think even when he retires from full-time racing, he'll race another one, maybe two. I think Junior did that. I think Gordon did that. But um, it'd be cool to see him win. Let's leave it at that. So Daytona 500, 230 Eastern, live from Daytona International Speedway. Been there myself on the outskirts. My dad took me there, and I think we talked about it. Um, Bob Evans, south of the Mason-Dixon line, extremely risky. So we got one more improvised song here that we're going to do, and then we're going to talk about animals for a little bit, and we're going to get done right around an hour. So not bad, not great, but could be way worse. So we have an improvised song for Ryan Austin Ligon. One to go, four down. Let's get hydrated and then let's soldier up for one last ride.
And this has all been live, as are all of my episodes. Live when I record, not live when you listen. Ryan will be joining us. Um, I'm not exactly sure when we're recording, but <clears throat> podcast will come out probably next Saturday uh, for our Oscars preview. We did it last year. We had a lot of fun. We made some good picks. Um, I'd like to go back and listen to that episode sometime this week to see how we did from a scores perspective. So 24 categories, I think. I think I get did like 17 out of 24 last year, maybe 19, something around there. I think Ryan was similar. Um, I would be dumbfounded if we were anywhere close to that this year. It is a really hard year. It's a bad year, and it's also a really hard year. So uh, we're going to do our best. But, Ryan, thanks for listening, buddy. Thanks for sticking with us through thick and thin, and thanks for donating. So here's an improvised song. For Ryan, Austin, Ligon, and Chris in English, you know, shared finances, probably. I don't know. Oh, Ryan and Kristen, they used to do a really fun podcast, but now they do videos like Gus Johnson and one time he like retweeted them or something and now they're big Reek Entertainment so like and subscribe and now I'm gonna do like this thing where I just do a talking voiceover like an old R&B record which is pretty cool so Ryan used to be my middle school basketball coach and at the, he would have been like a junior in high school at the time, which is pretty crazy that they're out there letting 17-year-olds coach 12-year-olds. But good for Ryan. Didn't have a lot of coaching experience and doesn't have a lot of coaching experience after that. But I tell you what, there are always NBA teams looking for new coaches and if you ever need a reference, just tell them to contact me at BeantownPodcast at Yahoo.com. That's Beantown, B-E-N Podcast at Yahoo.com. They can also contact me through our new website, BeantownPodcast.com. So that's really exciting. And I tell you what, there could be some good openings. I don't think the Bulls are going to fire Jim Boylan. Um, just because Garpax is an idiot. Um, but I don't know, maybe like the Timberwolves, now that Tibbs is out. The Nets, always an enticing job. Um, I haven't seen how the uh, Sacramento Kings are doing this year. I think they're actually doing okay. But uh, maybe the Phoenix Suns job opens up. You could coach uh, DeAndre Ayton. Is that his name? Dayton, Aiton, something like that. The kid from, uh, where is he, Arizona? And now he plays for Phoenix, is that right? I'll do some research on that. Ryan and Kristen, thanks so much for giving. And it's tax exempt, I think. I don't know. How does that stuff work? This isn't a legally binding song. 
So IRS, please don't get me. We're doing our taxes live on the air next month with Matthew Fiedler. It's going to be exciting. This is the last of our improvised songs. Thank God, because the quality really went down the tubes. But thank you to Ryan and Kristen. And we'll see you soon up in Beantown. And apologies for making you wait 56 minutes to hear your improvised song on the podcast. But, you know, in the Oscars, they save best picture for last, so... Maybe we save best friend of the podcast for last. Not picking favorites here. So, recently I've been thinking about some animals that are kind of crazy. And they're animals that you're like, I think I've seen this before. But I don't know if it's real. Like, is this real life? Is this just fantasy? And I'm making a Bohemian Rhapsody joke like that in my monologue coming up. But let's talk about some of these animals. And this is the last thing we're doing, I promise. We've had a lot to get through. And we've been doing amazing. Um, First animal, a pangolin. P-A-N-G-O-L-I-N. If you don't know... It's like a spicy, uh, <clears throat> not spicy, scaly ant eater. I'm looking at Google Images right now. Wikipedia says most of them live in Asia, a couple in Africa, and they can be anywhere from 12 to 39 inches, so one feet to three feet. But these things are crazy. If you've ever played Pokemon, and you've had like a sand shrew or a sand slash. It's kind of like one of those things. But I can't tell if it's like cute. It's got a tongue kind of like a Gila monster. Gila, Gila. I don't know. You know what I always get mixed up? Gila monsters and Komodo dragons. I know they're completely different. And I'm looking at the two different pictures right now. But I get them mixed up in my head. Now, what are those cool lizards that have, like, the flap on the side of their head that comes out and it's, like, a scary circle? Let's see. Lizard flap on head. A frilled lizard. I was hoping it was going to have a cooler name than that. It's kind of like one of those things that uh, kills Wayne Knight. In Jurassic Park. Yeah, these things are scary as shit. So a pangolin, though, it's like a Pokemon. But it's kind of neat. It's like scaly. So you have to go look at it. It's crazy. What? This one's on fire. What? Pangolin carcasses are set in fire in Malaysia. Dude, Malaysia's a crazy place. It's like islands, but also mainland. It's like... Pick a lane, Malaysia. Okay, next animal. This is one that everyone's heard of, but you don't really think about it. And it's just kind of like, what? Echidna. Echidna. It's one of, is a marsupial, maybe? It's like a hedgehog, but the spines are like different colors. 
And it's got this strange long nose for sniffing, maybe, or like eating ants. I don't think it's even a marsupial. It's uh, It does lay eggs, though. This is crazy. Only living mammals that lay eggs together with platypuses. Nuts. Oh, ants and termites. But they're not related to anteaters of the Americas. That's crazy. Australia and New Guinea... Echidnas evolved between 20 and 50 million years ago, descending from a platypus-like metronome, monotreme. I don't know what that means. This ancestor was aquatic, but echidnas adapted to life on land. These things are crazy. Can you eat an echidna? Do they taste good? We haven't really broken into the New Guinea market yet, but when we do, that would be exciting. Next animal here. We only got two left. So you're going to be done soon, I promise. Another one you guys have heard of, but how much do we actually know? A wombat. A wombat. It's not like a bat that flies. It's like this tiny little, almost rodent-like, but almost like a dog. But it's a little guy. And... What does wombat even mean? It's like a koala that had one too many drinks at a beaver party or something. Wombats are short-legged, muscular marsupials native to Australia. Australia, mate. They're about one meter in length with small stubby tails. They are adaptable and habitat-tolerant Oh, habitat tolerant and are found in forested, mountainous, and heathland areas. What is that? A heathland? Heath is a shrubland habitat found mainly on free-draining, infertile, acidic soils and is characterized by open, low-growing, woody vegetation. Moorland, where the moors live, is generally related to high-ground heaths, Especially in Great Britain, a cooler and damper climate. Heaths. That's crazy. You got Heath Bar. You got Heath Ledger. Rest in peace. Um, but apparently wombats live in the heath. Also live in Tanzania, also known as Tanzania. Wombats are crazy. Can you eat a wombat? What does wombat taste like? Probably a delicacy in Tasmania. They're on the protected list. It'll kill them. Jeez. Fight your own battles, wombats. Last one. And this is one the Pokemon fans will know because it's literally the exact same name as the animal, just spelled differently. But again, (coughs) how much do we actually know? Dugong. D-U-G-O-N-G. Dugong is a medium-sized marine mammal. Wikipedia articles are very wordy. This is interesting. The dugong is the only strictly herbivorous marine mammal. It means it lives underwater. It's a mammal. It's got hair or fur, lays, uh, gives birth to live young, and only eats plants. How, <coughs> how crazy is that? The Indo-West Pacific. Largely largely dependent on seagrass. 
different than bluegrass communities for substance and is thus restricted to the coastal habitats which support seagrass meadows with the largest dugong concentrations typically occurring in wide, shallow, protected areas such as bays, mangrove channels, the waters of large inshore islands, and interreefal waters. That's crazy. This is the really interesting part, though. You look at a dugong, and I, I urge you to Google image a dugong. The dugong has a fusiform body with no dorsal fin or hind limbs. So it's like... This is crazy. You got to look at this thing. It's like a seal um, in that it doesn't have the legs, but it's got like the front flippers, but they are like, this thing's nose is like huge. It's like a manatee that had too much to drink or something. In fact, manatee is probably the closest thing you could compare it to, but Dude, this thing is just like, it's crazy. Like an underwater elephant or something, but completely different. Dugong. Man, there are some mammals out there that are just, you're like, what? What? This thing is crazy. It's like a sea cow. Sea cow is its own animal, isn't it? Sea cow. Oh, it's 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 extinct. That's crazy. Wow, I can't believe we killed all the sea cows. Wow. Okay. Well, sixty-five minutes in Daytona, starting in twenty minutes. I want to give a final shout out, and this is it because we're closing the GoFundMe page today. A final shout out to everyone, all the friends of the podcast who supported. Our 2019 Pledge Drive fundraiser. This is just a reminder, and I know we've said this before, but last year we raised like 70 bucks. Fledgling effort. No donor tears, no organized giving. <coughs> just a Pledge Drive telephone, just a boy in his dreams. This year we raised $300. And if you're wondering, we our goal was 235 so where's the extra 60 bucks going? It's going towards things like ordering the photo prints for the autograph songs. It's going towards things like mailing. And then it's also subsidizing costs when you do things like going on tour, uh, paying for an extra bag when you're flying Spirit so we can transport our podcast stuff. It all goes into that um, giving back to the podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who supported uh, this episode, just for context, was originally going to be dedicated to doing the telethon um, aspect, which we didn't even have to do this year. Um, I was going to do something like, I don't stop podcasting until we get $5, and I wasn't going to stop podcasting. But we raised it without it. Grassroots, thank you to the hashtag friends of the podcast. Thank you to everyone for listening. Go Jimmy Johnson. Hopefully, <coughs> my toilet bowl. Starts filling up with water at some point, and hopefully the gas comes back on in my apartment. That would be really nice. But to all the uh, friends who had a dedicated improvised song, I hope you enjoyed that. If you uh, <coughs> ordered an autographed picture of me, those have been dropped in the mail, so it's all coming together. Next week, we're going to have Ryan Austin Ligon, who we just sang about on the podcast, to discuss the Oscars, and we're going to be making our full picks. That's usually another long episode, so a couple long ones in a row here. 
like a party at John's house. But uh, don't forget, Oscar's monologue going to be coming out at some point this week. That's really exciting. We've been working our tails off to bring you this amazing content. Today was a big lift, but I'm really excited we could do it. Thank you to our sponsors, Home Pride Oregon, TV Guide, Samson Q2U Series. Thank you to this guitar, as bad as it is, getting us through a lot. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about all I want to say. Go check out the Beantown blog, beantownpodcast.com. Tweet at us. Share our stuff, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Player FM, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts, YouTube, unless we're somewhere where we're not. So to everyone listening, uh, that's a wrap on the uh, Pledge Drive fundraiser for 2019. We'll see you on the air for the rest of the year. And in the shorter term, we'll see you next week for Oscars picks. Okay, be kind to one another. That's Ellen Sings, but maybe I'll take it over. Uh, This has been Quinn David Furness, host of the Beantown Podcast, one of Baltimore City's top 500 podcasts, the People's Podcast, and your number one source for misinformation probably. I'm out of breath. We're going to upload. We're going to watch Daytona. So hope everyone has a good week, and we will check in on you next time.